1: Today we're in Matthew chapter 20 verses 29 through 34. Just a quick little miracle that Jesus does healing two blind men. This is in the rhythm that we've seen in the book of Matthew where Jesus does miracles and then he does some teaching with parables. He does some teaching through circumstances and conversations that come up. This will be the last miracle that he does before Palm Sunday, the triumphal entry, which starts in chapter 21. That's where we'll be tomorrow. Let's pick it up in verse 29. And as they went out of Jericho, a great crowd followed him. And behold, there were two blind men sitting by the roadside. And when they heard that Jesus was passing by, they cried out, Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. The crowd rebuked them, telling them to be silent, but they cried out all the more. Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. And stopping, Jesus said to them, what do you want me to do for you? They said to him, Lord, let our eyes be opened. And Jesus in pity touched their eyes and immediately they recovered their sight and followed him. Pretty straightforward. As extraordinary and miraculous as it was, I need to admit that this is about what I assume a day in the life of of Jesus to include. Just kind of your run-of-the-mill miracle. Someone gets healed, someone gets their sight back, and we're back to business. But we got to slow down and not just blow over something like this. This is extraordinary. And I think there are some subtle messages in this text that we could do well to learn from. First of all, you've got these two blind guys who are referring to Jesus as the son of David. They understand him to be the Messiah. This is something that can't be said about everybody who is around, including a lot of people who can actually see. These guys haven't seen Jesus do a miracle. They haven't seen the things that a lot of people with sight have seen, yet they know that Jesus is the Messiah. It's a little bit of a subtle rebuke to the folks who have their eyesight, yet still do not trust him to be the one who was to come. Another thing that stands out is the crowd's reaction. This reminds me of the disciples' reaction when the children came to Jesus. They said, get rid of these children. Get rid of these blind guys. Be quiet. Jesus is doing ministry. There's stuff way more important going on on his schedule today besides taking care of you guys. Isn't that our attitude? Like, we've got plans for how things are supposed to go, and when those plans get interrupted, we get frustrated. But the essence of Jesus' ministry was built on interruptions. I wonder how willing I am to let my day be interrupted. I have a plan for what I think should happen. I got stuff to get done. But invariably, someone's going to call. Someone's going to stop in the office. I'm going to have to run an errand and bump into somebody. And how do I view those interruptions? Am I annoyed by them? Do I want them out of my way? Or do I view them as opportunities from God for ministry to take place? Just had a great conversation in my office about an hour ago that was unplanned. A long conversation, but a good conversation where I think the Lord was glorified and honored by what took place. We need to hold our schedules and our plans with an open hand, and we need to view interruptions and unplanned circumstances as opportunities, not distractions and obstacles. I also couldn't help but notice that the two guys that were healed immediately followed Jesus after their eyesight was restored. This is a natural, logical response. Yet how many people who receive the mercy and the grace of God, rather than changing their trajectory to follow Christ a little bit more seriously, to be a little bit more committed to his work, a little bit more committed to the Great Commission, the Gospel, doing whatever ministry he's called each of us to do in our own spheres of influence. We receive his grace and mercy. We take it and run back to our schedule, back to our plans, back to the way we think things should go. These guys set a great example for us. You receive grace and mercy from God. Let that be an inspiration to follow Christ even more closely than you have before. And then there's this overarching theme of blindness. I could imagine some people read this parable and if you slow down and think through it, imagine what it's like for these guys, pretty quickly you're going to think, man, I'm glad I'm not blind. I'm glad that I don't have to be healed of blindness because I've got eyesight. That must stink to be blind. That could be one maybe superficial response. I think another response is to realize, man, I was blind. The writer of Amazing Grace captured this. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found, was blind, but now I see. Friends, do you believe to the core of your being that in your natural condition you you are blind or you were blind if you've come to know Christ. That's a fact. And not just physically blind. Physical blindness has nothing on spiritual blindness. And we weren't just spiritually blind, but we were opposed to God, the creator of the universe, under his wrath, opposing him at every turn. Hard hearts, dark souls, yet God in his mercy and grace reached out to us in the person of Jesus Christ, who lived a perfection, who lived a perfect life that we can't live, thus satisfying the righteous requirements of God's law. Then he went to the cross, bearing the burden of sin and paying the punishment for sin, which is physical death and spiritual separation from God. Then on the third day, we're going to read about it, just a few chapters. He rose again so that anybody who puts their faith and trust in Christ could be clothed with his righteousness, could have the penalty they owe God or paid because of what Christ did and could be grafted into his family by faith, be given a place in heaven forever. If you're a follower of Christ today, that's your story. You were blind, you were dead, and now you see. And if you don't know Christ, you're still blind. And it's not... too late for you to respond in faith acknowledging your need for a savior receiving him believing in his name believing in your heart that confessing with your mouth that jesus is lord and believing in your heart that god raised him from the dead and would all of us wherever we're at with regard to faith in christ would all of us have the response that they had in verse 33 when he said what do you want me to do for you they said lord let our eyes be open and we pray lord would you let our eyes be open the eyes of our hearts so we could see truth more clearly so we could live more passionately for you. Amen.
0: The Daily Dose is a podcast of Christian Crusaders radio and internet ministry. Please subscribe to this podcast, leave a five-star rating, and prayerfully consider financially supporting our ministry at christiancrusaders.org, where you can also find our weekly 30-minute radio broadcast, which airs on stations around the world, and where you can listen to our Conversations podcast featuring inspiring interviews with interesting Christians. We also want to highlight two ministry partners—